wearable technology. It's become very desirable to companies like Amazon and Apple, who in recent years are starting to invest in the area of health diagnostics. There's a new piece of experimental wearable technology that could prove extremely helpful during this pandemic by catching early signs and symptoms associated with COVID-19. John Rogers joins us now. He's professor of biomedical engineering at Northwestern University. Welcome to the show, um, Professor Rogers. Good to have you on. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Okay. So this technology originally wasn't developed for COVID-related use. Can you give us the background? Yeah, it uh, really grew out of some efforts that we've had with uh, rehabilitation specialists at uh, a large clinic that we have here in downtown Chicago called the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab. Uh, they treat a lot of uh, stroke survivors in in their clinic, and in particular, they uh, work with those individuals to um, allow them to sort of relearn how to speak and how to uh, swallow properly because a, a lot of these patients have lost that ability as a result of the stroke. So those conditions are known as uh, dysphagia and aphasia. And so although, um, you know, the rehabilitation process can be quite effective while the patients are in the clinic, when they go home, a lot of those gains tend to uh, dissipate. And uh, they approached us uh, with with a request for a skin interface wearable device that would allow them to remotely monitor speech, uh, patterns of speech, cadence of speech, total talk time, uh, as well as uh, swallowing events, uh, particular how frequently they're swallowing and when they're swallowing relative to the respiratory cycle so that they can use that data to kind of personalize a rehabilitation pro, uh, protocol to to an individual and their their response to that rehabilitation process. So that's kind of where it started. Uh, mm-hmm. And folks from that same uh, clinic approached us about four weeks ago to ask whether we could adapt and customize and modify that device to uh, address symptom monitoring in uh, COVID patients because they also have a fair number of uh, COVID-19 patients in in their clinic. And those key symptoms are fever, cough, and uh, respiratory activity, shortness of breath in particular, as was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association just a couple of weeks ago. And where the device is located, the nature of its operation, were really sort of well uh, aligned to, to monitoring those symptoms. And so we got started immediately on the engineering efforts uh, to, to adapt that device to, to meet those clinical needs. And um, currently we have about 25 devices uh, in the field uh, being used continuously by frontline health, uh, health workers, as well as patients, both, both in the hospital uh, and at the home. Can you describe your wearable technology? To me, it looks like a bulky Band-Aid. Yeah, a little bit of a bulky Band-Aid. It's a little bit thicker than a Band-Aid, but also shorter in length than a typical Band-Aid. But, but overall, it's, it's that type of form factor is a good way to think about it. Um, it's like a sticker. I mean, it's a soft kind of compliant, skin-compatible uh, device in that sense, uh, very much different than, than the kind of hardware you think about when you uh, think about a traditional wearable, which is kind of confined to, to mounting on the wrist like, like a watch. These are, these are soft and flexible, uh, and they, they just adhere directly to the skin. Uh, and this particular device is designed to mount on a particular part of the anatomy, a special part of the anatomy in, in the context of uh, monitoring of respiratory activity and cough. It's known as the suprasternal notch. It's a, a soft tissue location at the base of the neck, just bi- uh, above the point where the collarbones meet at the center of the chest line. And uh, the device uh, 
measures basically motion, subtle vibratory signatures of underlying processes, body processes that, that appear at the surface of the skin. You could almost think of it as a, um, a stethoscope, uh, in a sense, it's capturing that type of information, which allows us to uh, characterize cough. It allows us to measure respiratory sounds, respiratory rate, and we've also embedded a clinical-grade temperature sensor as well, so we can measure uh, body temperature at, at that location, thereby really hitting these three uh, key symptoms of COVID-19, uh, fever, cough, and shortness of breath. Is the information then fed to an app that you can monitor? How does it work? Well, Interesting question. So the the first embodiment that we, that we brought our our clinical collaborators, um, you know, operated in a continuous wireless streaming mode. So it's um, com- continuously transmitting data that it's recording from the surface of the skin to to a smartphone, so that you can sort of track a patient on a second by second or minute by minute basis. Um, we quickly found, however, that they didn't really want data uh, in real time. It's just kind of overwhelming to try to figure out what's what's going on on, on that those type of timescales. Instead, they were more interested in um, having the device store the data into a memory module uh, integrated into the platform and record data over the period of, say, 12 hours during kind of a work shift or through the night, uh, and then uh, dump the data wirelessly in a single shot so that they can see trends on that kind of 12-hour cycle and then look at day-to-day variations. And and so we were responsive to that and, and re-engineered the device to operate in that way. So it sits on, on the body at, at that supersternal notch location. The patient or subject uh, takes the device off after the end of a workday or in the morning after they've uh, slept with the device on. It's placed on a wireless charging pad, and the device recognizes the pad, that it's on the pad, and immediately then uh, initiates automatically uh, a wireless data transfer uh, process that, that moves data from the memory module to an iPad uh, that's running software, custom software. And then as soon as the uh, data arrives at the iPad, it's sent to the cloud uh, where we uh, apply algorithms to the raw data to extract these key metrics, cough, respiratory activity, heart rate, and temperature. So this device that's constantly looking to see if you have COVID-like symptoms, it's really useful, especially in the States where tests are in very short supply. Can you speak to that? Yes. So um, I think the greatest utility for this device is uh, in kind of three contexts, maybe four if you think about it. One is in monitoring for early uh, development of symptoms in uh, patients or subjects, I guess, who are at risk. So that would be frontline health care workers, for example. And so sometimes I think individuals don't really consciously realize that they're beginning to cough more frequently or they're beginning to develop you know, an early sign of a fever or their respiratory uh, activity is becoming anomalous. And so this device allows you to kind of quantify all of that uh, and sort of uh, in a detailed data science way, look at how um, you know a subject uh, subject's pattern of coughing is changing from day to day. And so the point is that the managing physician would be able to identify as early as possible those symptoms in an individual under his management, and then uh, you know act early to pull them out of the community and to deliver you know necessary health care. So so that would be one. But there are a few others. One, the next one is to monitor patients who have already contracted the disease, so you can. Track Track 
sort of their progression, if they're getting better, they're deteriorating, and how they're responding to these new therapies. You can sort of quantify all of those things. And it's kind of interesting because cough is well known by physicians and nurses to be a great indicator of disease. But if you take a look at what's done, even in very high-end hospitals, there's no quantitative measurements in tracking of coughing. You measure mm. heart rate, you measure blood pressure, you measure blood oxygenation. But when it comes to coughing, you're just talking to the patient. Are you coughing more now than you were yesterday? Do you have a dry cough or a, or a wet cough or the nurses are trying to pick up on that? And so I think this device opens up and unlocks you know, a set of new data streams that aren't currently being recorded that can be added to the mix uh, to, to make the most intelligent sort of decisions around how to, how to care for patients, not only in the hospital, but in the home too. So if you're released from the hospital, you go home, there's a danger that your condition could deteriorate. You'd like to be able to monitor the patients remotely, and this device is set up uh, to allow for that. Um, and then I guess the fourth use case is just to develop better understanding of how the disease progresses and how individuals begin to get better and what are the characteristic signs of that. And, uh, and that's more kind of at the, at the research level, but I think improved understanding of the disease will help us to, um, to you know, grapple with this uh, pandemic uh, more effectively. You you're currently have 25 people wearing these devices. When can you see this expanding to more uh, people in, in the States, possibly globally? What's the plan for this device? Well, so uh, I run an academic group, so it's graduate students and postdocs. I'm not operating a company. We do have pretty sophisticated manufacturing capacity in my academic lab here at Northwestern, so we can produce tens of devices. Maybe if we're going full tilt, we could do 100 devices per week, but we're not on our own able to scale to the kinds of volumes that might be needed to address the need. Um, but we're happy to look at, for partnerships. So I think as engineers, we want to be responsive to need rather than um, in a position of pushing our technology out. I think it's better to sort of listen to the medical community and, and respond to their requirements. And so there's a fair amount of interest here in Chicago, and we're trying to address that. This is the first time that we've kind of publicly communicated kind of what the device is able to do, what we're doing, you know, here in Chicago. And as we begin to engage with that broader community and listen to their needs and uh, get a better appreciation of how they would uh, use the device, we can uh, certainly be responsive to that. Um, I think maybe to your question, is it manufacturable? And um, the answer to that is is yes. I mean, uh, all the uh, key functional components and the way that we assemble it is very much aligned with uh, manufacturing pra uh, practice in the consumer electronics industry. And so there would be a number of ways to scale. There would be no challenge in scaling. Uh, and and we would be in a position to make that happen. Uh, you know, if 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 we uh, if we get that inbound uh, interest. Well, uh, Professor Rogers, it's been a pleasure talking to you. A really interesting uh, talking about this new technology that could potentially um, give us more information, not only how to uh, treat COVID-19, but also how it develops. And uh, it, I, I'm fascinated by it. So I, I'm looking forward to the future and, and this uh, possibly hitting, uh, you know, finding an investor in this. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Tears. That is Professor John Rogers, uh, Professor of Biomedical Engineering at Northwestern University. Wearable tech, it's not going anywhere anytime soon, and it could be very helpful beyond counting your steps.